Hey, Patrick, what am I now? Uh, stupid. No, I'm Texas. What's the difference? You called Texas stupid. Now, you must die. Yo, yo, yo. Aiden, you know what time it is. What's good, Creamers? What's good, Creamers? Welcome back. We're on episode 82 of the Half and Half podcast. We barrel in towards 1,000 stream. We're over 960. We're on our way to 970. Are we really? It's Let's light go. work. Yes, sir. <laughs> We're moving. We're on our way. Okay. I didn't even know that. That's awesome. Some people move <laughs> units. We move audio files, baby. Let's go. <laughs> Yuck. Yuck. Shout out, Pusha. Could you um, imagine if, some, like, okay. So we are, like, we definitely, we do have po- rappers who are podcasters, all right? Like, T.I. Like, has a podcast. Like T.I., you know, Joe. Yeah, Joe um, Budden. How far, we're not far removed from the podcaster rapper. I feel yeah. like, because I don't think that's happened yet, really. Which, by the way, Vasant, you should make it happen. Um, but <laughs> second of TM, all. Does TMG count as a podcaster rapper, ooh. or would that... Is that more like YouTuber po- who, and then from YouTube, it goes podcast rapper. I mean, you can yeah. go vine to YouTube to podcast. Yeah. Then- but like what, what I mean, like, okay. Like maybe I would say maybe about that. I guess, like, I but- guess what you're getting at is like, so like your central, like your main brand started with like podcasting. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um. So like what, what I'm, what I mean by that is like, it's someone who raps like, about podcasting like push a t raps about cocaine oh my god like can you imagine that <laughs> i mean i'm so, i there's definitely some podcast bars out there i assume if i like looked into it i could find some somewhere but... like like you know just like some some real hard stuff like i don't know like you know a, a millie streams on the last episode you know they 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 sniff up the content like the white stuff in their nose boom easy <laughs> Bars. That's hard. That's hard, right? Yeah, or you could there say you some shit. You could like flex how like your last podcast episode got more streams than your latest single. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, I was gonna say you could literally you know be even funnier too. They would probably in their like you know debut album, like you know, uh whatever it be called, I don't know, um push like you said, maybe pushing audio files or something like that, you know. Yeah um debut album has an ad break in it (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of the interludes is a a fucking dollar shave club commercial exactly yeah that'd be great beat kicks in you know that'd be actually so do you remember uh vince when he released fm fm was like it was like a radio album like yeah yeah there was like the interludes of uh it's like big boy or something the radio host yeah yeah i what if someone like album concept was like it flowed like a podcast episode or something and, like each <laughs> song was like its own segment or some shit like that that would be incredibly nerdy <laughs> it'd be it, but i'm saying it'd be very because i'm saying we've it'd be interesting did a radio no concept album mm-hmm. i don't think i'd be surprising if someone decided to get real creative and be like this album's gonna flow like it's a podcast episode natural progression honestly yeah. you know i'm happy this is a pretty good bit i didn't even think of this one beforehand 
Like this just came to me like when you were talking about Pochon and stuff. We're just so um, we're so in our we're so in our element with this podcasting shit. Second nature. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but also before we get into anything, I thought yeah. you know, there's a lot of stupid and upsetting things that we'll probably end up talking about because when yeah, do we probably. not? Yeah. But I wanted to start it off with two fun facts for the listeners because I found these out today and they were quite delightful. Mm-hmm. Go so ahead. The I first like one facts. is about Pokemon, specifically the Pokemon trading card game. Okay, yeah, what about po- it? If you don't know what Pokemon is, I don't know, man. Fucking Googling. Gets yeah, I feel like we don't even need to give that one an introduction. <laughs> but apparently, there was a card from, like, some pack, right, called Happy Birthday Pikachu. And it's got this really cute art of Pikachu with, like, a birthday cake, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And someone replied to the picture someone posted about it and said this card was super banned in tournaments the second it released because it had an attack that did double the damage if it was your birthday and tournament judges were sick of having to check people's ideas (laughs) that's actually that's actually really funny wow that's a really fun fact that's a really fun fact yeah that's actually a fun fact like can you imagine like you're fucking first of all like i imagine being like the the rules checker at a tournament that probably attracts like a decent amount of children is probably exhausting mm-hmm. enough now you gotta fucking make sure that timmy's birthday is actually today and he's not <laughs> i swear i just turned 15 okay like <laughs> today double the damage and baby the uh, other fun fact uh because uh yes i do listen to other podcasts i don't just only listen to ridiculous. this one. ridiculous ridiculous but okay <laughs> and heresy yeah, but, uh, can't believe you. To JJ Reddick's podcast, and he had Zion. Zion okay, it's a pretty good podcast. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, I feel like you should also at least know who he is because he was—he's very hyped up. Like, even if you're not into sports, his name is kind of one of those. You know, you hear it. A lot. Okay, so let me let me try and explain this to someone who might not know who Zion is. You ever hear okay. of Jesus? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, you ever hear of Jesus? Basically. He's supposed to be Jesus on a basketball court. There you go. <laughs> he is, he has and he's been course. good. He has been good. He's an all-star this year. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't say Jesus on a basketball court good, but he's still young. Oh, yeah. He's super young. But yeah. uh, also, shout out Zion Williamson, fellow South Carolina boy. Uh, yes, sir. Good for you, too. Look at that. Fellow South Carolina. Uh, if you want to go even further, John Morant, also South Carolina boy. Yes, sir. Greatness, but wow. he was on obviously JJ Reddick and Zion are teammates, so mm-hmm. it makes it easy yeah. for him to get him on a podcast. And uh, Zion Williamson writes poetry, apparently. Does he really? Yeah, and he told this really like endearing story about how you know his senior year he was taking this class, he was taking like some ch- kind of like uh, you know, most athletes probably do that are going to commit somewhere, they take kind of chill classes because they want mosaics and such, yeah, yeah. They want to focus on the commitment process. And he said he was like super stressed out because he was worried about making the right decision. He didn't mm-hmm. want to like let anyone down. He didn't want to upset other coaches. Yeah. And <clears throat> he was taking a, a, a poetry class because he was like, oh, this should be easy. And the teacher apparently was like a super chill dude who was like, you know what? I want you to write me a poem. And Zion like tried to get out of it by being like, oh, I forgot about it. I know it's due tomorrow. But <laughs> yeah. I, and the teacher was like okay cool i better get one tomorrow and <laughs> so he was getting so stressed about like all the like limelight pressure that he wrote a poem about it and he explained it as like 
the poem was about two people and one person had everything and one person had a lot of anxiety and then the poem ends with him being like they're the same person oh okay. so apparently now, now when he wants to just kind of like get out of his own head he just writes poetry that's nice that's, that's another go. fun fact that's a, that's a good fun Vasan, yeah. thank you for that that was good <laughs> two delightful and wholesome fun facts yeah that was good i like that that's good um yeah no that's <laughs> I, I i like what me, me and you were talking about um just like we so Vasan and i literally we were just talking before this episode too because we do talk in real life as well yeah um, I don't not just, just on the podcast this isn't a transactional relationship yeah. <laughs> we we don't just hop on a zoom call once a week and then like do not communicate at all outside of that <laughs> Never again. and then we put on a show that you know we're all these good friends and everything um i haven't seen Vasanth in like ooh, how long now like a month no five weeks or so yeah it's been a, a bit over, over a month, month since we were last yeah. year but i and mean i'll probably be back early april is what we were looking at yes um, sir get yes, some sir. more episodes where we're back together but exactly uh, um but yeah no we were talking about we were just talking about the um the athletes really we forget how much we really do forget a lot how they have like personal lives and they are real people and they're mm-hmm. not just these people you watch on TV and like, you know, they go over, they let me like, let me sound really old and like very like, you know, like not in tune with it. They just don't go over and slam some dunks, hit <laughs> some home runs, you know, and volley some balls. Right. Yeah. Cause um, I'll tell this, I'll tell the story too, actually. Cause I think this is funny. And I think, you know, this is like a story that, this is actually a story you will not get on any other podcast. Yes, unless the person exclusive. Unless exclusive, the person exclusive, who told exclusive. me the story also has a podcast. Yeah, which I don't kind of fucked. But he this is, is an ex- half and half exclusive. He is a he is a white man just out of college. It's possible. I will tell it's you very that. likely. It's very likely he has a podcast. Um, okay, so uh, I've like I've said on the podcast. I've started my job. I'm now a working man, which, by the way, if I feel like if I sound like rejuvenated and excited, it's because I like being a working man. Honestly, I'll tell yeah. you, no I like it a lot better than deadlines school. for assignments and whatnot. Exactly. Yes, I can take it easy on my weekends. I can I, ha- I work nine to five and then the rest of my night is off. And nine to five is the rough range, sometimes nine, five thirty, five forty five, whatever. Either way, <laughs> then my night is yeah. off. And, you know, you're not surrounded by people whose only and favorite beverage is Fireball, you know. Exactly. Um, there, yeah, you know, it's, well, I mean, a lot of my company is college age. Like, I, <laughs> so maybe. Um, maybe, but, you know, maybe. we'll, we'll pretend yes, they're not. Working world, love it. It's great. It's awesome. I'm all in on it. Um, but so the one person that I work with, I'm going to keep, I guess I'll keep him nameless because I don't want, like, potentially yeah. put him I, I don't know if he spot, wants this out yeah um i mean it's not like a, it's not like a, he told me very freely it's not like it's a personal story or anything but it's just funny yeah yeah um let's we'll call him sam okay so <laughs> sam uh went to the same high school as saquon barkley who is the running back for the new york giants now he was running back for penn state before that and um he is the he's the question to the eternal riddle can anything good come from Penn State? Yes. <laughs> it turns sometimes. out times. Yes. Um, Pro football players, pornography. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That one story was ridiculous. You know, we I'm going to talk about a, that one on this podcast. Yeah, 
yeah, that was that was one of the funniest ones. Um, it was just that that was someone somehow filmed a porn in a Penn State classroom, and then <laughs> just got away with it, and then posted. And it then online. people saw. I guess someone watched and was like, "That's definitely the class I have economics in." <laughs> can you imagine the guy? Like, we I, I we definitely said this when we uh, covered that, but can you imagine being that guy that figured that out, being like, "Oh my god, I have econ in that classroom." Maybe like, it was weirdly arousing for him. I don't know. <laughs> I really wonder how they did that. That that must have been like an inside job, you know. Um, but anyway, though. So, uh, Sam, he uh, when like he had like I said, he was, went same school as Saquon, same year for graduation in high school, and uh, they they knew each other decently well. Sam was valedictorian. Uh, his friend was salutatorian. And then Saquon was the star football player, literally like right. the best player at the school had ever seen. They had a social studies class together, uh, senior year of high school. So during that class, Sam was uh, doing his thing. Like I said, he was valedictorian in school. So, you know, he's working hard studying first half of the semester. Saquon's in the back of the classroom, just kind of hanging out, chilling, uh, he's talking to girls, talking to his friends, all that. You know how it is when you when you are the star football life. player. You know it's a it's that's how it is. Um, the teacher was also a uh, football coach, not like the head coach, but one of the assistants. Um, so he kind of let Saquon do what he wanted because that was his team. Without Saquon Barkley, they would not win anything. Um, so they. It hits about halfway through the semester. It's getting to the point where grades are starting to be, are starting to like come into view. And right. it looks like Saquon is having trouble passing this class because he has not really done anything in it. His focus has been definitely not on this class. <laughs> yeah. So one day he's suddenly sitting behind Sam and his friend, the salutatorian. So Valedictorian, the salutatorian. He's left the girls and his friends in the back of the classroom alone, has moved up to the front. And he came up, he, he basically, when the test, the next test came up, he literally would just whisper up to him. He'd be like, yo, hey, yo, uh, I'm going to ask you to maybe cut that because <laughs> I saw his name. It's all right. I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. Don't worry. Yeah. Yo, beep. In fact, yeah, I'll, I'm going to write it down right now, the time stamp. So I don't know Sounds if I'm going to make this difficult for myself. Yeah. But continue. Sounds good. Yo, Sam. Yo, Sam. What's the answer number 24? <laughs> and Saquon got away with it because the teacher was a football coach as well. So the football coach was like, yeah, was I need like, to pass. I need this job. So you're going you yeah. to let him, you're going to help him out. Exactly. He's like, I, I do not want to deal with what the head coach will do to me if uh, I fail our best player. Uh, so it'd be Sam funny if the, the coach teaching is like an offensive coordinator because it's like he really wants him to play. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Sam and Saquon came up with this uh, system where you know it's like if Saquon needed an answer, uh, Sam would maybe like you know B is like flicking the back of the earlobe, C's rubbing the back of the neck, whatever you know, A scratch the head, something. Um, but so the, the entire second half of that semester, whenever there was a quiz, a test, whatever, um, the person I work with now, who I'm calling Sam for all intents and purposes, um, right. would have Saquon Barkley in his ear going, hey, uh, what's the answer to 15? 
<laughs> and then um, I was gonna say the, what's funny too is um, Saquon is still friends with one of Sam's friends. And one day he was hanging out with his friend or Sam was hanging out with his friend and he got, his friend got FaceTime call from Saquon and, you know, start talking. And Sam had told Saquon that if he made the league for helping him out with this social studies class, he's going to get part of the signing bonus. <laughs> yeah. When he gets his uh, first. Yeah. He's like, right? I want like 20% of the signing bonus, whatever, you know? Um, so we <laughs> gets you know, turns the phone around he's like oh yeah i'm hanging out with sam and he's like oh sam how you been man like so i haven't seen you since high school you know they're talking for a little bit and he's like you know hey saquon where's that uh where's that signing bonus by the way for helping out for with uh social studies and saquon just kind of went like man you should have got that in writing <laughs> and that is my story of saquon barkley yeah and you know it's it's always nice like i think in general right so like the reason seemingly stupid things like what I would just call rich people acting like the rest of us stuff is so popular is because mm -hmm. there's a humanizing element. And when you actually get real stories of like, yeah, these people you've like feel like only exist as like things you watch on TV or streaming or whatever, actually kind of getting a human side to it. It's nice because you learn more about the person more so than the athlete, which can be two different people. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he said, he told me to, uh, Sam told me Saquon, very nice guy, very humble. Like, and, I, and it's nice to hear that because that's what, yeah. he, you know, when, whenever he talked, that's what everyone said. And it's nice to hear that that's actually how he is when he's not like on camera per se. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's, it's just the person he is like, that's just great to hear, you know, like it's, it's nice in a world where like, you know, so many powerful men let you down. Like I can believe that Saquon will not let me down. You know, like that's oh, like yeah. something I can hold on to. That's something that I, and hopefully this doesn't age poorly. Is I really hope it doesn't because I don't want to look back to episode, was it 82? 82. Yeah, yeah, I want to look back to episode 82 of the Half and Half podcast and go, oh man, out of freezing cold takes. <laughs> set, everyone, set everyone up for disappointment. And, exactly. You know, I want to bring this up because I think it can maybe transition into something we should probably talk about because I think it's major. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, the human side of athlete athletes isn't always hearing about like the kind of like fun things that they do in their free time. But you also hear about the very real depressing things they deal with in real time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think this pandemic has highlighted it uh, from Dak Prescott, whose brother committed suicide this time around this time last year i believe and yeah. you know that obviously burden on him on top of the lockdown and not really being able to get out of his own head well you know and i'm really respect by the way anyone that i'm naming for actually talking about what they're dealing with or to letting us know that they're going through shit like this because it it's you know what i mean it helps destigmatize feeling like garbage mm -hmm. as a man you know what i mean yeah definitely and then, you know, the Carl Anthony Town stuff is almost, it's, it's, it's brutal, ridiculous. It feels like there's some sort of some twisted cosmic game. Uh, context, by the way, Dak Prescott is the, as of now, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. We'll see what happens yeah. in free agency. Yeah. Uh, Carl Anthony Towns plays in the NBA. He's a center for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Uh, early on, I think in the pandemic, uh, both his parents got COVID-19. His dad is fine, fortunately, but sadly his mom had to get 
put in a medically induced coma and then she passed away. Mm-hmm. And it came out after the fact that a bunch of his family passed away. He ended up getting COVID, which just felt like a just what the fuck, man. And then on top of that, uh, he also came out that like he got hit by a drunk driver. Yeah, I'm that jeez, man. It's just like it's not just fair. Not fair. Not fair. In fact, I respect that he's even fucking playing basketball this year because honestly, I'd get not wanting to. I probably would have retired, honestly. Like, that takes certain mental toughness, you know? Like, that's ridiculous. And I respect him. And that's why I don't really like because, like, he had a reputation for being soft because he didn't play good defense or whatever for a big man. I get when people call him soft, they're referring to the way he plays defense, but I don't want to call him soft. You come on, man. Like, he's gone through shit that a lot of people don't go through. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Crazy. But, and then the latest one that I'm aware of, keep in mind, there's a lot of great athletes from, uh, Kevin Love to DeMar DeRozan to others who have always been able to come clean who sort of maybe those two specifically are some of the first at least in the NBA to come clean about mental health and help destigmatize the sort of masculinity that pro athletes might have about that sort of thing but the latest one and I sent this Aiden you saw this was with Lillard Damian Lillard point guard Portland Trailblazers and just the amount of like people that he's lost (laughs) you know it's it's just it's like staggering like he found his friend. He found like his like his chef and like close friend or cousin dead. Recently, two of his friends died in a shooting, and there was more in between there. And you know, just reading that, he was like, "I want to take a break, like the All Star break. I want it not because I'm tired physically, because my I'm tired mentally. Like it's hard to even get myself to go out there and play sometimes because it's like you know, there's so much going on up in your head. It's like, does it even fucking matter if I go out there and put up thirty points or whatever? Like who cares?" Yeah, no, that's terrible. That like, I get that. Like, it's tough sometimes if you're really going through stuff with that. Like, it it can be tough to even get out of bed. And then imagine not only getting out of bed, but then playing a high level competition in front of millions of people each night. To then be scrutinized by yeah. hordes of people online by Skip yeah. Bayless and whoever, you know. Yeah. Just- and I'm not saying you can't critique people, but like, you know what I mean. Sometimes, you know, I you a lot of people get taught this. I think is like sometimes. You know, like, like, for example, I always I, I mean, I always kind of enact this mindset when working with anyone who works like consumer facing jobs so retail people, fast food, restaurants, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. I always try my best to give them the benefit of the doubt because I don't know what the fuck they're dealing with. They work a job that's strenuous and doesn't always pay that well. And who knows who what's going on in their life, who's being a super big asshole to them. So, like, you know, why do I want to make it worse? Yeah. That sort of thing. I mean, so like, like, yeah, it's just like to the, someone all like I get being mad at someone or feeling like someone deserves critique. But I don't know. I feel like sometimes it's always good to take a step back and maybe not do it. Yeah, no, I agree. It, It's, but, it, you know, it's fame and media attention. It's tough because it just compounds so much for people. And like, look, my, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I would never want to be like NBA player famous. Like, it I would never want to be like painful. that famous. That would be like. Ooh, like, look, if, if, you know, a bunch of people were listening to the podcast and everything, we were getting, you know, thousands of streams, whatever, I would love that. That'd be, you know, I'd be like, I'm happy that so many people are enjoying things like that. But the most fame at like a highest level that I think I would want would be like hockey player famous, you know, <laughs> like where, on where you are, that's super famous, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Small market team, hockey famous, 
Like, you know. To go with your NBA example, though, I always say, like, if I was an NBA player, I just want to be, like, a solid role player, you know? Yeah. Like, I could yeah. do a specific task pretty well, and I get minutes, and I get decent pay for, like, a, I have, like, a long career because I'm good at a specific thing, and that's it. Yeah. And, like, when I say, like, hockey player famous, too, like, the reason I mentioned that I'm saying hockey in particular is because a lot of the game they have helmets on with, like, you know, face shields, whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> where you can still, I feel like, exist with a certain level of an- uh, anonymity because even if someone watches you every night, it doesn't necessarily guarantee that they'll recognize you in public. Yeah. And but like when you, you do, were, like, it, it, it's yeah. probably still fine. You know, like, you know, yeah. occasionally being famous is annoying because, like, you know, you're just hanging out with your family and you got, like, this person staring at you, like, oh my God, that's star new york rangers player aiden mangan over there whoa um <laughs> yeah i mean i get what you're saying like and i think i mean with even the podcast right like we do a good job of not like it, like you know like you know when i took my break i said like there was shit going on in my life but i didn't like get into the details of it because like i said if it, if this podcast never goes anywhere further than where it is now neither of us will care we'll do this for as long as you know we end up doing it yeah but even if it got bigger, that's not going to change because that sort of boundary is important because when you're as famous as the people you, like we, I'm bringing up and like you said, Aiden, like NBA star famous, when mm-hmm. you're that famous, you it's keeping that boundary is increasingly difficult and even impossible yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Because people just ask questions. Like they just ask questions constantly, you know, they like follow they just, you around and shit. Yeah. They'll follow you through their day. They're like, and like the media will hound you too. Like if you don't want to answer something, they're not just going to respect your choice not to answer something. You'll keep getting asked about it. And then if you don't answer it, that becomes a storyline. And then if some mm-hmm. people in the media will make you their poster boy, as in like Skip Bayless is like a LeBron hater. And that's what he uses yeah. as like a marketing tool. And yeah. At this point, he's just like, too. Can never give LeBron credit. He's just like constantly berating. Or Max and... Kellerman and Tom Brady and yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, exactly. Where it's just like it's it's narratives and narratives are dangerous because like then you just don't want to stray from it. And like... yeah, and I want to ask you this, and then I was sort of going to use this to pivot into something else, but I wanted mm-hmm. to ask you this because I would consider you a pretty like one of the more compassionate people out there, right? Oh, thank you. You're right. <laughs> um, but like obviously whenever anyone brings up this sort of like the the pitfalls of fame and how it can be a can always be a negative but then especially like and keep in mind fame has its positives but like mm-hmm. fame can be negative and then it can be especially negative when you're going through these personal tragedies and a lot of people don't care because they're like well you're rich you're an athlete you make all this money you get to play a sport that you love for mm-hmm. money and a lot of us like most of us don't get to do that so yeah how do you sort you know what i mean like there's like i think people miss the point like you can feel bad for someone without like you know what i mean like when we say like you should like feel sympathy for these people i'm not saying oh these guys are really poor they're struggling you know i'm not comparing their struggles to you know i don't i don't know if you get what i'm getting at but yeah so sort of balancing act between being compassionate while also being able to acknowledge like yeah this dude has a lot of money but that doesn't preclude him from feeling like shit you know what i mean yeah no of course um i would say this is just like my opinion on all that is like it's tough to always know what anyone is going through at any level like you know from someone who works as like you know the most like um lowest paying job in the world to the highest paying in the world you know um Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, like, you know, you have to, like, feel bad for Jeff Bezos or anything like 
right um, and he's done a lot of bad things yeah apparently. yeah so. like i'm not saying like oh poor elon musk <laughs> like, you know no, i'm not saying that <laughs> yes money or um no i'm not doing anything like that um but no like you know someone does speak up and they're vulnerable like they they are publicly vulnerable especially because that's very difficult to just you know tell the world like i'm dealing with this 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 like be respectful of it like that's you know and just i don't know just people have a propensity to just try and be negative online too that's just a thing in general so like you know anonymity leads to being able to you know go on twitter and tell someone like literally tell the president of the united states to like you know go jump in a hole or something whatever you it's a lot worse than that but i get what you're getting at probably worse than that yeah go die Mm -hmm. of dementia whatever i don't know Um, nothing that i would say like i would never tell joe biden that oh yeah and even i was like i despise like i i would never tell joe biden like i would never tell joe biden that i hope that you know he trips and falls in the shower again (laughs) (laughs) but i think other people have and i i yeah. I wouldn't tell him that, like, I thought it was kind of funny that he fell in the shower because he pulled on his dog's tail because, like, who does that? <laughs> who grabs their dog's tail and expects yeah, very, good things to happen? <laughs> coming out of the shower, too. Like, I, like, who do, like, I wouldn't say that's funny to think about. But, like, other people might. <laughs> okay. We're going off on Twitter. Yeah, we're going off rails here. I know. But I, I agree. <laughs> like, it's sort of like, and if you, if you can't, if, look, if you just can't come to feel bad, like if you can't bring yourself to feel bad for them, you can just not say anything. You don't have to, yeah. you know, saying yeah, nothing whatever. is fine, you know? Yeah. And obviously there's extremes, right? Because like the, oh, poor Elon Musk, those are Elon Musk stands are like that. Yeah. Right? Like they oh, feel God. bad for him all the time. And then yeah. there's the opposite end where you're just mad at everyone. And even when they're going through some shit, you're like, fuck them. I don't care. Yeah, no, exactly. You know, it's so I mean, like it's it's hard. I'm not saying it's easy, but like there's a there is a balance point somewhere in that middle yeah. ground area. Well, because like, I'll, it's... I'll give you an example, right? Um, yeah, I find Chrissy Teigen annoying. Yeah, right? yeah, fair. You probably do too. I think you said. Yeah, like, I I don't have like I don't. I'm not a fan of Chrissy Teigen. I just don't have an opinion on her really. Yeah, like it's just but, one of those like, things. Like I I know she's really famous, and I know like what she's famous for. But it's a field that, like, I don't even, like, cross into ever. Right. Yeah. You know, so, like, like I, yeah. like, you know, like, so, like, from Aiden to, like, feeling kind of whatever, not a big fan, but don't really care to me who I find her. I'm not, like, I'm not into, I don't know much about her either. I just kind of find her annoying online and, like, whenever she makes her appearances. However, she had, like, a miscarriage relatively recently. And that's, like, a point where, look, yeah, Chris Teigen's super rich and is super visible and has a very successful husband as well. But obviously, yeah. like, a miscarriage fucking sucks. So that sucks yeah, for no, her. Terrible. And I can put my feelings about what she puts out aside to be like, that's unfortunate. I'm sorry. And I'm not one of those people who felt the need to then start asking, why is she posting about this? Why are they letting people know? That's their choice. It's not really yeah. your business. Yeah. You know? So that's an example of when someone visible and who might rub people the wrong way is open about something that they've been through. You can be nice or say nothing. So yeah, not definitely. But anyway, yeah, I, I think yeah, go I was gonna say I think this like the whole conversation too like it leads to this thing where um people I think it comes to like people how people view people of privilege you know like I think that's right. where it kind of like comes things. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even talking about like um I'm not even talking about like white privilege or whatever. I'm not even like going into that part particularly. 
but like wealth is privilege. Like wealth gets you privilege. That is a fact. Like we, we yeah. know that wealth opens doors and Undeniable. you can get away with more. It's just how the world works. Um, right. So I think when you are lower on the ladder that way, it's tough to look up and say like, I'm sorry that that happened to you when you're looking forward and down at everyone in your level and below. And you're like, well, I deal like with, with worse stuff every day. Like, you know, like, mm-hmm. so I think that's, I think that's kind of like where like the biggest issue kind of comes from where that, like that kind of disconnect where it's like, you know, I can't emph- emphasize, I, I can't, um, God, what's the word? I can't empathize. feel the same. Empathize. Thank you. Oh my gosh. I had like, I had old you man right moment there. there. Like, you were right there. Yeah. I, I was saying emphasize. <laughs> that's not right. I can't empathize by I can't empathize with those above me. I can only empathize with those like on my level or below or with nobody at all in some cases. So, right. Yeah. That's kind of like where I think all kind of comes from. Yeah. And sort of where that was leading, right. Is Mm -hmm. a lot of people have, and even now continue to lose loved ones and deal with the mental repercussions of the pandemic. Yeah. But it's not over. Yeah. (laughs) But apparently it's over in Texas and Mississippi. I fig- yeah, I figured we would talk about this. Yeah, yeah. I think we kind of have to for as long, how long? I don't know. But we, I, especially you, because I know you keep, you're like very like observant with like the statistics regarding COVID and the pandemic mm-hmm. and where things are progressing and the timelines and all that. Yeah. So, I imagine when Texas just said, fuck it, it was, it warrants being talked about, you know? Let me, let me give my perspective on the pandemic at the moment. Okay. Go for it. In my opinion, it is a lot closer to being over than a lot of people think. Yeah. And that's because vaccine, at least in the United States, I don't know. Like I can't speak on the worldwide because like there's countries with, with, out the resources that the U.S. and other wealthier companies or wealthier countries, not companies, have. Um, in the United States, we are like going to get back to like normalish life. And by that, I mean like if you have a vaccine in your arm, you can go wherever you want. That's probably like as Biden said in the press conference yesterday, we're going to have enough vaccines for the entire country for the entire adult population of the country who are the only ones eligible for it at the moment by the end of May. And Scott Gottlieb today said, and he's uh, on the board of Pfizer, mm-hmm. he's a former like FDA guy. He said to you that um, basically if you want it in April, you should be able to get it. Like their supply will not be an issue, you know, um, which it is at the moment because, you know, some, some places they run out. Um, the, I would say this, give it like, till like, like I said, to like the end of May, you're still going to see cases and everything, but um, a lot of people have the, the people that are going to take the vaccine will have taken the vaccine. So it's going to be a lot better. Right. That's the hope at least. Right. Yeah. So probably like two months from now, you might see that like, you know, only a couple thousand cases a day, something like that. Maybe yeah. I hope I can only hope. Mm-hmm. It's really interesting when you are that close to raise the white flag. You know what I mean? It has. And like, I'll let you like continue, but it yeah. has a very similar energy to whenever you go to a doctor, right? And they prescribe, prescribe you some sort of pill medication. They always say, at least in my experience, they'll always say, remember, 
you will probably start feeling better before you finish the regimen that I'm putting yeah. you on, yeah. but do not stop finish all the way through, you know, yes. because it can come back and bite you in the ass if you stop just because you're feeling better. And that has the same energy as kind of like the scenario, this picture you're painting, right? Where we're like the finish line's in sight. And now we're going to just say, okay, we're good. And cases are dropping. Hospitalizations are dropping and deaths are dropping across the country too. As just because expect- cases as as you know if cases go down hospitalizations will if ca- yeah. hospitalizations go down deaths will go down it's kind of a pattern right yeah so yeah so we are very very close to the like finish line quote unquote you know where you can for real by the way like in, yeah this seems more real than any of the other finish lines that have been proposed you know well I mean? yeah because like we we know that like there haven't been a ton of cases with people who got vaccinated the vaccines are effective they're safe get it in your arm as soon as you can, in my opinion. Um, but the, so what's interesting about this, like what they, in Texas and Mississippi, mm-hmm. they have decided to, like you were saying, like get rid of the mask mandate. Everything can be open hundred percent capacity. Basically real, like normal life is back is basically what they're doing. Why now? <laughs> It's it's not it's weird why now because I feel like as a state, right? Mm-hmm. You would, you know, especially after what's. And I'm not saying it's over. I uh, I could still. I don't know if the effects of the the weird winter storm are still hurting. Yeah, Texas, yeah. You know, any of the other affected areas, but it seems like after something like that, as like a state government you would kind of want to play things a bit safe. You know what I mean? Because you already had like a major thing just hit. So why are you kind of like playing with fire by then just like letting loose another possible problem? Yeah. The pandemic almost having a resurgence in Texas, COVID, because not everyone's vaccinated yet. Only so many, only like probably the old people who got it, have it and some of the frontline workers and all that shit. And I'll tell you this, like we've learned too through this that like, I'll say this, like from in Field of Dreams, they say build it and they will come. Um, basically, when things have been opened in the U.S., people go like it's like and for example, Pittsburgh. OK, uh, Allegheny County in Pennsylvania, Western PA, which is Pittsburgh is within that. They over the summer went into, I think, like so, not green phase, but like the, like the step force, like yellow, late yellow phase, whatever. But clubs and bars had opened up. Pennsylvania right. at that point did not have a federal mask mandate. Um, the reason for that, I'm not exactly sure why, but they'd never done a federal mask mandate at that point. Or not, sorry, not federal, a statewide mask mandate. Yeah. They hadn't done that at that point. Right. The cities of Pittsburgh, the people in the city of Pittsburgh went to the clubs, they went to the bars, everything like that. And a lot of the clubs and the bars were not requiring masks immediately, boom, cases started to spike in Allegheny County after this. So that wound up changing the rules. Allegheny County said, you know, mask mandate for our county. They had to shut down again, things like that. And it was very bad for the county and the city of Pittsburgh. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's just like I was saying, like build it and people will come. They opened up the clubs, they opened up the bars and they said like, hey, come in, no masks, whatever. And what do you think happened? People did it. Like, (laughs) and you you can sit at home and you can be like, you know, like how stupid are these people? Like, why would they do that? But like, yeah, they did it. And that's the reality of the situation, sadly. 
And like, I like that pattern will continue wherever else they do it. So it's just when you're like two months away from everybody being able to be vaccinated, why not just wait, especially with a COVID relief bill, bill about to be passed too. Like it's in the Senate now. Yeah. And we're, we're like, you like kind of to go back to that. I think that's a very important thing that you brought up this, that initial idea that you brought up, right. This like, uh, we're right there. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the finish line is actually in sight because yeah. we have a Believe vaccine. We have like, you know, unfortunately a lot of people ended up getting it, but that plus this vaccine, mm-hmm. theoretically we can be like, okay, there's an end in sight now. Yeah. And, and now you want to sort of like play chance and assume that by lifting this, you're, you're basically hoping that nothing changes, which you know, that's not how this is going to work. No, not at all. Yeah. And look, J&J's vaccine, we know it's somewhat effective against uh, variants of COVID. A bit less, so, but it's a one-shot yeah. stop sort of yeah. thing. So. so I imagine that, and here's the thing, it's still like, it's like 50 plus percent effective. It's like 57% effective against the South African strain. The flu mm-hmm. shot that you typically get is like 40 to 50. Yeah, so like, it's still good. <laughs> and if you have it's three good. options that's good. for a vaccine, that's just yeah. more vaccines. Yeah, and we don't have data, I don't think, on Pfizer and Moderna's effectiveness against the other strains, but I will say this, I'm sure they do a good job, too. Like, they even before we enough. get those results, I'm sure they will also help fight the variants. I mean, actually, hold up, real quick. I think I said, like, well, when you lift the thing, you're assuming nothing will change. I think the minute, like, that, like, the tweet came out about Texas doing that, there was, like, another one of a report that some of the new strains have already started showing up in Texas or something. Well, there, like yeah, why would you do that right then? Oh, boy. That's yeah, already an example of like literally bang, bang. It's like you lift the mandate. It's like, boom, now you got new strains. Yeah. And that's probably had already been bubbling before this, but the timing just sort of shows that you're playing with fire when you do stupid shit like this. Yeah. And again, like, it's like, I, I was talking to my dad about this. Um, I was making a joke to you because I, I, so I went on a drive on Tuesday or yeah, Tuesday, which is yesterday. Um, and I, I was driving through Doylestown and there's an Applebee's I you know, it's the local Applebee's. You gotta love it. And right. I, was, I was joking around with my dad just being like, you know, God, I miss it so bad. You know, just like, I need my Applebee's fix, clearly. Uh, I need to be there with some friends. I need, I need, I need apps. I need my boys. I need them half priced. <laughs> <laughs> and I need my boys half priced as well. Whoa, whoa, what does that mean? Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> hey, whoa. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I gotta tell you, just threw it in there for some spice. Yeah, exactly. I don't even know what it means. Um, so for my dad was like, you know, indoor dining is like open. You could go like if you want to, and it's not like you know, he's like, you're an adult, you can make your own decisions. What I like, you know. And I was like, yeah, but I'm like two months away. Let don't play. Yeah, don't play the game of chance. You're exactly. almost there. You're probably he's, gonna get the vaccine soon. Hopefully, I know things yeah. been rough up in PA, but. Yeah, I'm like, I, I'm almost there. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna hold out. And then once I get that, like, if I get the J&J shot, boom, one and done, I'll go to Applebee's right after. If it's, you know, if it's the Pfizer or Moderna, boom, I'll wait two weeks and I'll go, whatever. You know, that's, that's fine. I'm cool with that. Um, yeah, man, I think it's, it, man, it's just one of those things where like, you think about it and you're just like, man, like, it, it, it I, look i understand that this hasn't been fun like trust me people's mental health physical health have all gone through the ringer economy has gone through the ringer small businesses got it there's no point in holding out and then right before the end saying fuck it because honestly it just wastes everything you did before that 
No, exactly. Yeah, all the progress and everything. Just and like I why feel bad for all the residents of Texas. And by the way, um, actually, I'll pull this up in a sec to find the exact words. Anyone who's sort of saying fuck Texas in like a sort of like general sense. So like, look, the Texas jokes are kind of funny. Like the one, this, the SpongeBob clip that's been going around, you know? Oh, like um, the what Patrick, what am I? Yeah. Yeah, what am I, stupid Texas? Yeah, What's no, the difference? Texas. What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. But like, you know, like people who are sort of like saying, ah, oh, see, this is why y'all got that snowstorm because y'all deserved it. Or, oh, geez, you know, yeah. people saying other shit. Like, look, yes, there's a lot of assholes in Texas who are anti-maskers, anti-vaxxers. There's people in the government who do that. Ted Cruz is a fucking piece of shit. I get it. But that yeah. does not reflect everyone who lives in a state. Especially what's funny is a lot of liberals be doing this type of, liberals specifically be, the shitty like we remember we talked about they're getting too comfortable getting too comfy. Getting too comfy. It. and it's funny because it's like bro y'all realize some of the metropolitan areas are some of the most liberal parts you know they're very liberal parts of texas too so that's kind of you know what i mean it's very fucked up so you're generalizing assuming everyone is one political affiliation and then wishing terrible things upon them which isn't good but by doing that you're also kind of saying fuck the other people who might agree with you you know, Support, just... supporting government mandated genocide to own the conservatives. <laughs> like... Yeah, it's like, dude, like there's I and I saw so many people tweeting like, I'm so mad because like I've been doing so much to try and follow the rules. And now it feels like it was all for nothing. Yeah, I yeah. get that. I, I that agree. Sucks. <laughs> it does stink, right? Yeah. And shout out. Uh, there's this one restaurant uh, bar or something that like tweeted saying that they're going to they listen. They only listen to the CDC and scientists. And Good. they don't care what the government says. They're going to keep their mask mandate. Yeah. And they got a you bunch know, of likes and stuff. And I imagine the comments are probably a mess, but that's, I yeah. But I'll that. say that's, that's brave to do as a restaurant too, because like, look, there's going to be people that they don't want to go places because they have to wear a mask. Yeah. As, as silly as it sounds. But and, like, yeah. And it, I, I hopefully, I think the gamble will hopefully work the other way where because they're going to be one of the few that follows the rules, it'll get more business maybe just because mm-hmm. the tweet got so much likes and visibility. Yeah. But that's what I'm thinking. Like you can't, and it sucks because I think they have the right call. You should be listening to scientists on matters of science and health. Yeah, Government definitely. officials should also be doing that and then making decisions to reflect those that information, but they don't. They're playing party politics right now yeah. instead of being smart. Which is like I'll say, like I'm, I'm I'll say this like in okay, I'm not going to give praise to Cuomo because Andrew Cuomo is freaking idiot okay like just not even yet? touching <laughs> not even touching all of the scandals that are currently going on with him okay but i'm just gonna say what the state of new york is doing okay um new york has a type of passport thing that on your phone if they're doing this for like larger settings like you know sports games yeah yeah uh sports games like probably they'll start doing it for clubs bars whatever probably not bars but larger clubs yeah. Um, on your phone, they'll you, they have this app where you can either present your coat, the fact that you've been vaccinated on it, like it will show the record for it, or you can show that you had negative tests than like three days before. Yeah. And like basically, that's like you know, it's trying to curb. And obviously, like look at the the negative test part. Yeah, it's not perfect because you know you get it's negative tests three days before, be exposed, whatever. Um, but it's like you're saying, it's better than nothing. Um, but so for them, like, you know, New York's doing this because it's trying to protect its citizens and it's trying to give some semblance of real, like of normal life as we 
go closer and closer to having vaccine available for everybody. Once you have the vaccine available for everybody and you essentially like incentivize the vaccine by being like, you know, well, you can get into your sports games again if you take the vaccine. I think you'll see people taking it because they'll be like, eh, yeah, I want to go to the sports game. You know, <laughs> like I don't want to worry about like, you know, my COVID test not getting here in time. Um, but yeah. Like, but the thing is, Texas doesn't have something like that, I feel like, from what I know. Mm -hmm. So if they're opening everything up 100% capacity again, it's like, there's nothing even like, being like, how would, like, there's no way of knowing, like, say you're in a bar with like 100 people. Yeah. 10 of those people could have COVID. You don't know. Right. Like, and yeah. And like, you know, like, look, in an ideal world, we have like an app or like shit, like if you have your vaccine card on you, you just get carded and you can show them that you have it. And, yeah. you know. Or at least the test. But the problem is, and this goes, I think, far further back and into more of like a cultural, we're looking at more of a the cultural perspective when looking at America and the way the people here tend to behave. People are generally entitled. So they don't feel like they need to follow rules that are yeah. like, that feel yeah. optional to them, even though yeah. they really shouldn't be, but masks and having it and the reason it's not a law it's a mandate whatever right you know, like yeah and the reason you know like restaurants and businesses are probably scared to do what that one business in texas did the one restaurant or you know institute like a phone or like a physical do you have your card on you sort of thing for vaccination mm -hmm. is they're scared they're gonna lose business because in a lot of other countries may be like, well, why are they following the rules better? Because I don't know why, but they just don't really seem as entitled in the sense they're like, yeah, I guess we should do this thing because it makes sense. But yeah, the problem like, is a mixture of misinformation and sort of like this brashness that you can maybe say is kind of a part of a lot of American culture. It makes it more difficult to manage people. And that's why these lifting of mandates sucks because it wasn't like everyone was following the rules anyway but now you're sort of vindicating a lot of people and a lot of businesses are going to be pressured into taking their mandates off because they don't want to lose all their money yeah not like yeah and that's i was gonna say that's the tough part too about like being like so say you're like a small business owner particularly is what i'm trying to think about too and you are told like you can open up to 100 capacity even if you know it's not safe you're also there like i don't know if my business is going to survive <laughs> Like, so it's, it's tough. It's a tough balancing act. Cause you're like, I like, this is my livelihood. And like, I like, you know, you, you try and do everything you can to be safe, but you're also like, if I'm going to be given the opportunity to make the money I need to, to survive, like, you know, you're like, I might have to take the opportunity, but yeah. But the thing, Abbott's put Texas in a bad situation and the governor of Mississippi's done. I forget the name of the governor of Mississippi. Um, he's done the same thing for Mississippi. He's put them in bad positions, positions to fail here where that's just a bad like for the citizens that's a bad place to be just being set up for failure yeah and also to uh get back at sort of what i was uh, referring to earlier uh ken klippenstein who's very i see him frequently he's a good mm -hmm. he's a good tweet usually good good follow sometimes yeah um he tweeted don't tweet shit like this and it's a tweet from keith olberman someone no, who i saw I that one He's super, he's pretty left, but like he's, he can be, he's pretty smart. Like he clearly knows. Yeah. Some of shit. He just said, like, here's, <laughs> how to explain, here's how to explain Keith Olbermann. He clearly knows a lot of things, but the way he, you know what I mean? Like he has information in front of him. Right. But then he uses that information to say a very, very mixed bag of things. 
That's fair. that's how okay. I describe him. He's that's an fair. informed individual who says a lot of questionable things. You yeah, know what I mean? yeah. Like you could tell yeah. he's not an idiot. He just says idiotic things. Yeah, yeah. Like but Skip Bayless. Said, yeah, like Skip Bayless <laughs> clearly like when Skip talks sports like more straight up, he clearly knows the shit. But it's too much about being sensationalist, and I think he's like that too. Yeah. Um. But he said, why are we wasting vaccinations on Texas if Texas has decided to join the side of the virus? First of all, I hate the framing of joining the side of the virus. What? And second of all, that's once again, you're basically saying, fuck anyone who wants to try and be on the right side of following the rules and being smart because a state government made a decision that's out of their control. Like you can say, well, vote for better representation. What if they did? Doesn't mean that they're going to (laughs) win. Even then, like, okay, say you voted for Greg Abbott back in, like, uh, I don't know, 2019. How would have you expected this? <laughs> you weren't expecting a snowstorm bungling mixed with, you know, all this other shit. Yeah. He's like, uh, I just want some low taxes. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> like, what the heck? It's, I'm, I'm just, yeah, just the... I don't know. Getting on a high ground, like up on a high, high horse, like that's just dangerous and it's just bad because, uh, kind of, you know, what I was saying before with like um, looking up on the ladder and having trouble empathizing. When people get on like their moral high horse, they some a lot of times they have a hard time looking as they see down, you know. Yeah. Like as they see they they see these people as under them, and it's like, well, they're not even worth like. <laughs> the they're not even worth the right to a vaccine, <laughs> like. Okay, man, cool. That's that's kind of messed up. Yeah, it's uh it's not the best, I would oh, say. Not good. Not good, man. Yeah, that's uh I don't know. That's it, yeah, it's like I said, Abbott Abbott and the governor of Mississippi, they put their people in a position to fail, and that's not good. That's bad leadership. Just, yeah, I think yeah. I think you very eloquently kind of explained like in the bigger picture why this is such a baffling decision. And I mean all I can really say is just let's hope that this doesn't become like a big trend and like too many states do this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and let's hope that, uh, you know, we kind of, we can at least for the most part, the people who I don't care, like the only affiliation of this one is the people who actually listen to the science and the healthcare people and follow the right steps. Hopefully all of us can just make it to the finish line. And then thus the whole country despite its, you know, descendants who won't listen, will collectively make it to the finish line if enough of us just keep holding out. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah. Shit, man. And also, uh, I'd also like to say shout out to Roy Cooper because uh, there was a bill to, like, fully reopen schools, and he said no to it. And obviously, (laughs) as you know how people are on, like, conservative Facebook, or just, let's say Facebook, get rid of the conservative part. Um, They're like, oh, Roy Cooper doesn't care about our kids. He doesn't want them back in school. But if you, you know, read, which I know is hard to do, uh, he said he said no to the bill because the bill, first of all, it didn't say schools had to open and you had to follow the CDC mandates. It was like schools just going to open and you don't have to do fuck all and follow (laughs) no rules. Yeah, it's dangerous. (laughs) And then it didn't allow the bill would also not allow you to close schools again. Like if you needed to close schools again because it got bad, you could. Oh, it was it was like if it's open, it's open. Yeah, it was like a yeah, it was like a yeah. all or nothing sort of bill. And he was like, I think kids learn way better in person and I want to get them back in school, but this sort of bill is not only unsafe, there's no flexibility. Like if something happens, yeah. I can't do anything because the, yeah. in the bill it says 
that like no law like no lawmaker or whatever should like no state power can close the school or something look and i'll, I'll be bold and i'll say it you'll probably or maybe have it's people the school can't close itself without like approval i don't know if i can but it was yeah, basically the yeah. most dumb like all or nothing sort of thing I'll, I'll i'll be bold and i'll say this too i think that schools will be back in session in the fall like back in person in in session i think so Hopefully, um, I'm just hybrid for at the like very a, least. Yeah, yeah, I'm hoping for hybrid. So, like, you'll be in person somewhat, but not all yeah. the way. But that's still better than nothing. Yeah. No, and like, you'll, there'll be masks and everything. Yeah, of course. Um, but yeah, like, I'll be bold and I'll say in person education for uh, under college level, that'll be back. Yeah. Um, just based on like what I'm, what I'm seeing everywhere. It, yeah, it'll be back. That's my, that's my bet. I put good money on it. <laughs> But, um, yeah, you know, I, I was going to say the, um, there, there's, there's a, I, I think like, you know, we thought, you know, we started out a good note. It's kind of a, you know, sour thing, but I think it's not, I got, I got, I got to say something that's good. You know? Okay. Yeah. Music this year. Been great. Been great. No, there's nothing been from big artists but we've, we've been enjoying music a lot uh yeah in fact my recent like slew of stuff i listened to included a 10 and a lot of potential ones that just missed <laughs> it by a little bit dude that's again that's a great place to be uh, it's been fantastic honestly yeah uh, there's a lot i saw because like get on but yeah i was gonna say like maybe for like the last like 10 minutes or so we could like just talk about some of our favorite projects so far or just like things you've been listening to you know yeah, just for the music retrospective yeah because yeah. you know and real quick before we do here. that just i just want to throw this out there we're not going to do anything with it yeah twitch is fucking dumb so <laughs> dumb i've never seen a company that basically has like i've never seen a company i don't fucking care i've never yeah. seen a company that has that basically had like a monopoly on a type of on an industry somehow lose it because they're stupid that's it. That's all I got for that. Yeah, one. no, that's that's an incredible self-ownage there by Twitch to accidentally, you know, be like, yeah, we don't recognize trans people as women <laughs> by mistake. <laughs> but let's do this music thing. So I'll let you go ahead and go first since you suggested it. So uh, yeah, what you been feeling? You have been feeling lately? Okay. Um, so I got to say so far, I think that, okay, if I'm talking, if I'm talking albums, okay. Mm. My early album of the year at the moment is still Nick Nick Lutzko's songs on the computer. I gotta be real. So far, it's my album of the year, man. Oh, because some of this stuff on here with higher ratings aren't albums, right? Yeah, because I was gonna say, like, I've, I've I've listened to some EPs and stuff that might be better, but like, if I'm talking about album, yeah, incredibly funny. Oh yeah, no, and it's you've, great. You, I, you've got you got around to it finally, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It's First of all, like I was texting, I was DMing like Aiden about it. Uh, first of all, Nick Lutzko is clearly a talented musician. Like he's oh, absolutely. instrumentation yeah. is super like, like it's very good and very, really varied. He's a good singer too. Yeah, no, he's great. He's like it, hilarious. that's hilarious. He's a good songwriter. He's hilarious. <laughs> I, I like comedy music like that too, where it's like, it's funny, but there's also like, oh, these songs are catchy and they're good. They're fun. Like, it's not just like they're funny and the music's like, ah, whatever. Yeah, and also there's like a through line. There's like like an actual yes, plot that carries is. through the whole album, kind of. It's it's just like the the descent, like this descent of this character, where he, absolute madness. Yeah, where he he seems to just like 
idolize these terrible, terrible people, and his life just falls apart around because him. Because of it. And he's and telling his story through this album, basically. And just these are songs that he would upload to Twitter yeah. as this character. And, and uh, I think, yeah, they're great. Like, I think it also, like, it's supposed to be like a sort of exaggerated, like, representation of how, like, people who, like, fall into idolizing, I think most of the jokes are specifically directed at, like, right leaning people, like, yeah. people who fell, people who fa- started basically, if you become a stan of the RNC, or the, the GOP, my bad. Yeah. You become a GOP stand. This is sort of the descent into madness that comes it with literally, it. literally, it could end with you charging the Capitol. Like, it literally, like, that's the, if the album ended with, like, a, a video clip of him just, like, running into the Capitol, you're like, yeah, that makes sense. I assume this like, was it's already great. getting put out before that happened, which is why that, yeah. I bet you he would have added it if he wanted to. Yeah. No, it's um, great. It's so fun. Yeah. It's, and you're like, it's shit's so catchy. Like, I, I want to be at the R and like, that shit's in my head <laughs> so all good. the time. So good. Or Ballad uh, of Don Jr. Ballad of Don Jr. was fantastic. Like, that's just like it, the only interpretation I want to see of Don Jr. in popular art is like him doing everything for his father's approval and just never getting it that's so funny elisa listened to it and said there should be a musical where it follows don jr trying to get his father's approval no i agree that'd be that'd be fantastic get on it larry after spice of life or whatever yeah, exactly but yeah so that and one fantastic also Love just that. wanted to add in uh i'm also a big fan of like the chrissy teigen song is really funny yes <laughs> chrissy teigen unfollowed me on twitter <laughs> or the uh the gremlins three song i don't understand why he cares so much about the gremlins but Dude, i think that's a great it's song. amazing it's amazing just his pitch for gremlins three i have to send you he made a trailer for gremlins three dawn of desmond it's so funny and then I really like one of the songs that closes out is "All I Want for Christmas is, is a, a pardon from the president." From the president, incredible, incredible. He's like, I didn't do anything wrong, but <laughs> but the police are knocking at my door and grandma's gone. And the grandma <laughs> thing is the through line because that's a, yes, that's, that's one of the, the grandma line. characters in the first song, and she's like in every song. Oh, it's she's great! Mentioned. Oh my gosh, yeah, like, no, that's it, a great it, comedy album. He he's so funny. I I. This is volume one, too, of songs on the computer. As he makes more songs, he's going to do another album of them. He's and he said, I, stay tuned for a vinyl. So I might have to. <laughs> yeah, no, that, I was about to say, I think get on his band camp now. I might have to go get that. <laughs> yeah, it's great. Um, well, I was going to say, what about you? Like, what's one of your, like. So, like, to start the year, I listened, like, there wasn't much out. So I just listened to some uh, 2020 releases that were, like, near the latter half of the year. And I just didn't get around to them. I didn't yeah. get around to much in 2020, but these they just stuck out. Uh, Channel Trez and Mourn, those are both cool. They were fun, mm-hmm. enjoyable listens. Um, I think Buck Meek probably stands out as like the first release where I was like, oh, this is some, this is shit right here. And it's a country album, which is really weird for me. So, but I I texted you about this because I because okay, so I listened to the Buck Meek album because I saw it on the spreadsheet and because was like, I have wow, a spreadsheet where we listen to a country album. No, exactly. Yeah, Vasant and I have a spreadsheet. And we've mentioned this before, definitely, yeah. but we have a spreadsheet where we keep track of the albums we listen to because at the end of the year we do our best and worst lists and like it just gives us a way to like look at it and be like, oh yeah, we listen to this, we listen to that, and like kind of just visual people we get to look at and be like oh yeah i like that one a lot i like that one a lot okay that's yeah. cool i didn't like that one i really didn't like that one yeah um so yeah the buck meek's really cool because i i told i texted you about this yeah he has an old cowboy type singing voice 
where he's like very twangy, very much long notes, things like that, you know? Yeah. But he also has modern instrumentals where he like there's so much layering on all the tracks of a bunch of different instruments and everything. And the band was a live thing too. Was it really? Yeah, he performed it said in the thing for this album, and I'll look I'll look at the specifics, but I believe he performed a lot of these with like a, a big band in Louisiana or something or something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. The instrumentation None, is live. The, that that's crazy. Cause it all sounds so good. Like that's crazy. Yeah, it's like old country soul over like modern, you know, instrumentation. So it doesn't sound like, you know, a retro album or something like that. Yeah, I, I like him. He's really good. I, I like, I'm happy that you listened to this because it made me listen to it. And I, there's a lot of songs on there. And uh, for really those of you, uh, he is in Big Shark. What's that? Or Big that... Thief. Uh, he's Big Thief, right? Oh, he's in Big Thief. Okay, My bad. gotcha. Shark yeah. is, there. yeah, but he's in Big Thief. Okay, cool. Uh. I was going to say, he's I the think... guitarist for Big Thief. That's cool. Good to know. Um, I was going to say, we've had, so the albums so far have been good. Like, we've had good albums like that with, yeah. you know, Songs Computer, uh, Buck Meeks, Two Saviors, uh, EPs, though. JPEG yeah, Mafia's also, EP2. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. Because that. For the Buck Meek project, that album was tracked over seven days in New Orleans with no second takes. That's crazy. That's incredible because everything sounds so good on it, too. Like that's an album that just has a lot of soul and character. And like I honestly yeah. feel every like when he holds out those twangy notes, that shit really hits. So go yeah. listen to that. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> I was gonna say, like, so we've had a few EPs that have been really good. Great EPs, like, by great the way. Great EPs. JPEG Mafia's EP two. Beautiful. Amazing. Oh my gosh, man. The the awesome. auto-tune melody rap was perfect. It, Loved the funny, of it. It's so funny to me how JPEG keeps on switching his sound every single time and he's never like had a misstep, you know? And dude, it, he's still got he's got so many good lines on this project. Oh, dude, he's incredible. Especially I think it's at the end of this one's for us when he's like, you vague you like stuff like you're vague with your threats, I'm direct with my pistol, or mm. Something that he got because he used to be in the military. So he's like, I got back from Kuwait and all these brothers look like targets now. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's awesome. Like, and like, it's it, like, of course, like JPEG Mafia releases something where we're like, yeah, I'm going to love this. Okay. At this point, he's just one of those guys where like, I it expect was like, so good from start to finish. He keeps on like the thing I keep on having high expectations for him and he keeps on beating them and so, like exceeding them too. Like he's ridiculous. Yeah, this, this would have been an album. It's just, a, it's only an EP those five tracks, but it's, it's super good. Yeah. Super good. I, I want, I'm very excited. He said he, he had like 80 extra songs now. So he, an album's most likely next. He so has that's basically a bunch of saying. like yeah. content basically. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. And shout out James Blake. He's a co-producer on panic room. So yeah. Panic room's really good too. That's great. Um, so, another great EP from our friends at Air Park. That shit was clean. So I, clean. I think you and I would both say probably best release of the year so far, right? Yeah, because I yeah. gave it a perfect score. <laughs> yeah, that would that would give it. You to know, that, yeah. when I was trying to rate it, I just thought about it for a second. I was like, "There's nothing wrong with this." Yeah, yeah, and no, I can get that. For me, there was like, this is a very like very very. But the thing is. When I give a 10, I'm, like, very much, like, yeah, this is 10. Like, I could not, like, okay. The only thing for me was I thought the vocal mixing on Little Hollywood could have been better. 
And like, that was mm. it. Like, that's what, like, in, and in the EP particularly, when we have like five tracks, like, it's like, okay, like the, the flaws way more because like, yeah, I get where you're coming from. You know from. what I'm saying, right? Because like, if, if I had like 10 songs like that and there was one track, I was like, yeah, vocal mixing I didn't love. I might still go like, but I loved everything else of 10. But like, when it's EP, it's like, ah, eh, you know, it's, yeah. yeah. Either way, I gave it, I, I would say like 9.5 probably. Um, so it's it not out, like it came it, out at such a good time. It's such good yeah. band quarantine music. No, oh, dude, it's great. Captures um, the cabin fever feeling so well. Yeah. I also like the song Little Hollywood. I just thought the mix was a little not yeah. perfect. That's a little, like it I also does sound like a bit off I, compared I to it. some of the other ones. I enjoy the song still. I, I I played it in the car yesterday. I was singing along. I like it. Um, no, yeah, they like. <laughs> I we've been telling you guys, Air Park's good. Listen to them. They're great. They yeah, they're they, fantastic. They and they keep if, getting better. Like if <laughs> there was ever music where I want to sort of like have like you know sort of like warm low lights on. Mm-hmm. Sort of just like, I don't know, maybe you got a glass of some bourbon or something, and you're just like staring out at like the staring out the window, just contemplating something. I don't know. This there's such a great atmospheric quality to yeah. a, a, a a EP that has the word intimate in it. And that's what yeah. it feels like. It yeah. feels like a very cozy. It. It's it's so good, and I can't wait for them to go like because they haven't done it yet, or they haven't gone full album mode yet. They said that's next. I re- I read an interview. They said that this should be the last ep before they do an album and because they're like they seem like you know them more than i do they seem like such nice guys and they've actually been like a supporter following us from like the beginning yeah i will i will guarantee you when they release that album it's getting a dedicated segment review which we haven't done absolutely in a long time, but it's yeah. getting one so absolutely yeah that's, great one. yeah that's um and to give you kind of like just to run through the names on some of the stuff we've talked about uh nick lutzko's songs on the computer uh jpeg mafia's ep2 exclamation point uh air parks quiet type and intimate collection of new and old and buck meeks two saviors what we've talked about so far and the sound of anyone other ones that you like really liked i'll give a, i'll give a quick shout out to uh, keith buxton's always their ep I found this through uh, someone on instagram who i follow who said it was really good mm-hmm. and uh, i listened to it super smooth r&b with some saxophone laid in there shit was just super smooth very nice listening good nighttime listen so that one i haven't gone to that one yet but i've heard good things so and then what i will say probably the best like like full album rap release this year would i guess have to go to tyrone tyron slow tie Mm, yes yes that's a good album that's That's a a really good album yeah slow tie nailed it great job and get a bit of the personal side you know some like song it kind of switches up tones a bit halfway through from like sort of yeah aggressive bangers to these more really good songs with some like you know, definitely you could call bangers but like you know what i mean switches tone a bit yeah and the on. thing was too like it's it switches tones and kind of it doesn't even give you like whiplash while doing it like it it's feels like a transition. natural yeah it feels like a natural transition it the the best transition i think i'll ever remember on an album was um hang on and i'm talking about just like tonally uh pray for paris when it, in the beginning it was almost nothing but like piano beats it was keys was and game. you were like okay i think i need to switch here and it did yeah and i was like okay i like this has been awesome so far and like you're saying i was like i need it to switch up now though because if it keeps just doing the piano stuff i like it's just not gonna do it for me then the track versace happened 
where then that's, that's like, yeah. it brings in like soul samples and like, like it's, it's a different mood. And I was like, perfect. I was like, that is perfect sequencing on the album. I was like that, like, it was like eight tracks or something. I was like, yes, there you go. That's exactly what I wanted. Um, but yeah, same thing with Slow Tie, where it's like, it, it switches and it switches in a big way, but it's in a perfect, it's in a very good transition. Oh yeah. And also I will say this, uh, I, I was a little bummed because the Denzel Curry feature is not what you think it is. <laughs> no, it's not, sadly. I was but hoping, that I was is a good song spit. though. Yeah, yeah. I was just hoping Denzel would spit. <laughs> nah, he's like he's there's like a part where like someone like talking and he, that's him yeah. and they pitch yeah. his voice up but yeah. it reminds me of um and this is an amazing song but uh make it better by anderson pack where like it says featuring Smokey robinson but really but he's he just, just says, like, like background vocals. yeah he just has like the do you want to make it better which yeah. is still an amazing song but he's just yeah. one of my favorite probably one of my favorites and in the past few sort years, of but, like, i think uh as we're probably closing the episode in this discussion this will yeah. come out before this uh, probably i'm thinking mm-hmm. uh but bruno mars is back and he's coming back with anderson pack yeah not only is bruno mars back but anderson pack is joining him that's giant band. yeah with a band like that's i cannot wait like when you sent me that i was like what not <laughs> only is one of like a guy who i'd like starting with unorthodox jukebox that sort of found his sound and had been killing yeah. it and mm-hmm. his sound had been a mix of sort of like taking retro sounds and doing it himself you know the thing was for like the reason i i, I was taught i was like jumping to talk for a second i had to collect myself because of how excited i am for this because like like you're saying bruno mars he's found his style he's really like gotten to his lane now and he, he's he very much the best thing for Bruno Mars to ever do was abandon who Bruno Mars was. At the because, time, which was like corny R&B sort of stuff. Exactly. He was, he, he, he started with like, you know, soulful R&B ballady type things, you know? And there's some songs that era that I do enjoy. Like, it's not like it's all bad. Like I'm not It's not all bad, bad, but I think yeah. it, it sort of was a limited space for him, in my opinion. God, give, give me locked out of heaven like every day over grenade, you know? Like, that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah, and he became, and he left, it's felt like, after, like, his best, like, 24 karat uh, magic, that that whole run, that mm-hmm. Grammys on top of Grammys, like, streams, Huge awards, success, number commercial. one left yeah. for Just a gone. And granted, yeah. he's been busy, he's been doing stuff. Yeah, yeah. And now for him to not only come back, which I think is great, because I've been excited to see what his new stuff would be, but yeah. to come back with an artist that both you and I really like, but he's also not super well known in the mainstream, but Bruno Mars is known in the mainstream. Yeah, this is incredible. And like, it's also just like one of those like musical combinations where I'm like, this is just like, uh, like I like match made in heaven. Like I'm like, this the is perfect. The funk, the soul, the swagger is going to be unmatched. Ridiculous. I know it's going to be unmatched. Even, even if it's not- I can't wait for that single to drop. Even if it's not the best album I've ever heard, I bet it's going to be one of the coolest. I will tell you It's going to be you know? cool. They're called Silk so Sonic. Cool. They both yeah. have like the same aesthetic, you know, like this sort of like mm-hmm. funk sort of, I don't know. They both are cool as fuck looking and yeah. they're doing an album together and I can't wait. And it has some cool uh, features on it too, because it's written at the bottom. Yeah. Uh, Bootsy I- Collins is on there and he's great for this sort of thing too. So I can't wait. I- 
I am so excited. Like that, like that. Oh my God, dude. I like, I'm like, I, I'm having trouble talking about because of how excited I am. It's an amazing duo. Cause they, it just, it's just a match made in heaven. And you and me yeah. have been Anderson fans for quite a while. And this could be what really pushes him to the mainstream. Cause he's going to be in a group with someone who's super mainstream, you know? Yeah. And look, let me tell you something. He's throwing up those pictures, like him in a, Bruno hanging out saying name Chilling a duo with better legs. And shit. Oh my He's saying God. name a duo with better legs. I'll wait. I can't. <laughs> they both look really cool, by the way. Like all the marketing yeah. stuff is so nice looking. All this retro energy. I love it. Yeah, dude. It's oh, it's gonna be wait. incredible. <laughs> I, I I hope it's gonna be incredible, but e- even if it's just good, I know it's gonna give you like just moments on the album. Where, like, okay, they're just too cool. Okay, I get it's it. gonna like, be like R and P type energy. Yeah, exactly. I feel like that mm-hmm. with him and Corday. Uh, also, I would like to say part of why Bruno Mars has been busy. Apparently, he's uh, apparently writing a musical for Disney. Is he really? Yeah, which wow, I'd also be super. I just hope it's a funk musical and it stars him and Anderson Park. Yeah, I just hope it's not lame. Yeah, I want it to be, you know. But, I mean, fun. he's talented. So you're taking two very talented people with two aesthetics that go very well together, mm-hmm. arguably the same aesthetic, and then putting them in like a band. Like, I guarantee it. I'm not saying the album will be great. It might look, we might be saying it. Look, it's hard to not be excited and hyped about it. I can guarantee there's going to be at least one song that's an absolute heater. Has yeah. to be. Yeah. Has to be. Take over the year, good. Like, just like, all right, that's like, this is the song of the year. And the like, first single does drop when this goes up. It should be tomorrow because it should be going up Thursday. A single drops Friday, so go check that shit out. Yeah, I'm going to be checking that shit out. Yeah, check that. Check them out when it comes out. Silk Sonic, check it out. Check out Air Park. Check out JPEG Mafia. Check out Buck Meek. Check out Nick Let's Go. Check out Keith Buxton. Check out Slow yeah. Tie. And there check you us yep. out. You dig? And Keep listening to the kids. Yes, yeah. sir. Yes, sir. All right. I think that's where we're going to cut it. Good I way to so, yeah. good energy is flowing. Good, right way to now. good energy. We're 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 going to we're going to we we are going to manifest a 10 out 10 album out of Bruno Please. Anderson. Please with this energy. <laughs> I think this one might warrant also a review on the show just cuz of probably who it, it, it almost definitely will. Even if it's like not that great, it's definitely will. It like will it a discussion. It'll be a moment. So, that's the thing. Yeah. Anyway, that's all guys thanks for support and thanks for listening keep safe do you stay creamy stay creamy love y'all peace out